All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. My name is Zill. It's great to have you all back here again today. Um, it has been a wacky weather week, as it always is in Toronto. You never know what you're going to fucking get next. Uh, but I you think like the highlight about the weather. I don't. It feels like the natural introduction. I mean, I don't know why. It's not like I'm fucking British or something. I know that's <laughs> like their default for for like turkey certain conversations. But I don't know. Fucking weather. Weather is a thing. <laughs> I'm joined by my illustrious co-host Kay Libra. How you doing, Kay Libra? I am doing. I'm doing great. Uh, Zill, uh, myself, and Katana, as well as well as uh, Cobalt K, had gone to the Sonic Symphony last night yeah holy shit i didn't know what to expect other than you know an orchestra to make music you know orchestral versions of music that i know but holy shit that was a hell of an experience when uh i think i think i think it's just the vocalist but the vocalist of a a small metal band called seven spires yeah she fucking sang all the like nearly all those tracks oh god all the screamo and everything yeah when she said like oh yeah i come from i come from heavy metal i was like hmm i i I think i know what uh what to expect for the rest of the night i wonder how she's gonna hit it she hit the notes really well and yeah i loved it when she did her metal growl and scream and shit i'm like fuck yeah It, it was it was really good uh, Zill, you said you noticed parents were taking their kids out of the yeah, show. Yeah, because it's funny. Like, I, I also didn't know what to necessarily expect. I've gone to, like, symphonies of video game music before, but usually it's just, like, the orchestra all the way through. So the first half was like that, and I noticed that the crowd was quite rowdy already, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I wouldn't expect Sonic fans in particular to be, like, the rowdy group, but okay. And then intermission happens, they come back, and all of a sudden the, a rock band comes out, and I was like, oh now i understand and yeah there were literally parents who i guess also were surprised and didn't know that there was going to be like (laughs) rock songs and like metal screaming so they were like ferrying their kids out and like these weren't like little kids these were like 8 10 12 year olds i'm like come on guys like they'll be fine i promise you like nothing they're not going to be corrupted by the metal sonic music i promise you they'll be enriched by it yes exactly But, but yeah it was half orchestra and half metal concert and even the conductor of the orchestra had added yeah. his vocals to one of the songs. I think it was "Open Your Heart." I'm not sure. But, I think it was, yeah. But, but when I, but when I looked down from the screen and I noticed him at the mic, I was like, "What? Whoa! This is great! This is great! Absolutely <laughs> and, wonderful!" And the highlight, or like the cherry on top, was that we literally watched, and I I could not make this up if I wanted to. We watched as after the concert, like after it just finished, the people in front of us proposed to each other. Oh, yeah. What are the fucking odds? Wedding proposal. (laughs) Uh, With the gold ring, the Sonic gold ring. I was just like, oh, my God. It was very sweet. She said yes. They kissed and and it was lovely. Uh, So there was there was a wedding proposal. There was uh, the people in the crowd who uh, who were like, "Oh man!" Uh, it was like, "Thank you!" And the conductor, as he was ready, just slowly puts his other hand out with a thumbs up, yeah, to respond <laughs> while not looking at the crowd. There was the uh, the guitarist who uh, his his 
equipment stopped working and then he was just like shit happens actually yeah. said shit happens i'm like great uh, i want <laughs> absolutely wonderful and it's and i'm never gonna forget it you shouldn't forget to sign up for our patreon either <laughs> make sure to uh, just take a look at it, see if it's something that uh, that's for you. If you want to be a part of our exclusive Discord, and you uh, would just like to speak to like-minded or just differently-minded people, just people yeah. who are into transformation at least in general, you know, we got a section for discussing ideas. Uh, we try to make sure that it's very nicely curated and taken care of. You got the raisin room, pot, you know, just raisin think about room. that. We love the raisin room. That's, it's that's, the best. I mean, <laughs> the best thing about the Patreon and through the Discord is you get to see everything of, of what I am. You know, all of me. You get all of it. So, <laughs> Are you everyone, anywhere, anyhow, anywhere, <laughs> yes. anyway, any Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's a very interesting and special episode today because it's just Libra and I. And specifically, our patrons voted uh, on a topic for us to chat about today. And it was a four-way tie, I will disclose. And so because I'm a very biased source, I picked the one that was going to be the most interesting. Um, I forget who it was who put it in. I think it might have been one dove a kind. Uh, but someone put in us talking about Ratchet and Clank. Oh, and so yeah. here I am to talk to you about Ratchet and Clank because it has been a long time coming. Um I think the way I kind of wanted to posit this was essentially in my mind, I have this central thesis and that central thesis is that Ratchet and Clank is a quintessential TF franchise. And I'm going to kind of try to walk everyone through why I think that is and, you know, point to my evidence as it were. And um, we'll just kind of have a conversation about it. So you'll make your case for that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that we transitioned from my childhood favorite to your childhood favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was very much a childhood favorite franchise of mine. Um, I guess the way I kind of want to start off, and I guess, you know, for context, I, te you know, for all the, you know, the, the nerds who are very into Ratchet and Clank, full disclosure, I started actually playing with the PS3 games. If you think that diminishes my opinion, go fuck yourself. Now, that being said, we're going to actually start chronologically. Um, and the first thing I kind of want to talk about is how Ratchet & Clank as a franchise was marketed to the masses. Because from the very get-go, it was being shilled to audiences, basically, as a video game franchise that was not only different for a variety of reasons, but also involved transformation. Um, in particular, during the PS2 era, there would be a lot of commercials that they would have where they're showing like, you know, average, quote unquote, average actor kids who are basically testing out weapons from the Ratchet and Clank games. And there were a variety of these, but the ones that always stood out the most, and I'm not, you know, just saying that you can check on YouTube, they usually have the most views. The ones <laughs> that stood out the most were the transformation ads. Um, one of the first ones they put out was the Morpho Ray uh, which was a weapon in the original game that would turn your enemies into chickens if you, like, zapped them for long enough. And so this ad shows, like, this group of kids, they're, like, fooling around with this thing. They're, like, you know, like, joshing around. And 
they turn one of the friends into a chicken and he's kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. How's this going to work? Blah, blah, blah. And then he's just bam chicken. And you know, he's like running around like, you know, it's just a fucking chicken and everyone's like laughing. They're like, Oh fuck, what are we going to do with the chicken now? Blah, blah, blah. But like, that was how the franchise was like introduced to a lot of people. Um, and I think one of the other ones that really stood out was, uh, there was a sheepinator weapon again, turn your enemies into sheep uh-huh. for the second and the third game. And that one was like, oh, you know, you're, they're like, again, fooling around. We're going to try and turn something on a a table into a sheep. And the mom kind of walks in from off screen and gets hit by the beam instead. And then she becomes a sheep. And this ad is really funny in particular, because if you look very closely, one of the people in the ad is the fucking actor from the Big Bang Theory. And I noticed this only when I was rewatching this and I was like, what the fuck? I know who that <laughs> that fucking is. Um, but anyways, it's very like, oh god, what am I gonna do? My mom's a sheep now. Blah blah. blah. And the other like friends are like laughing because they obviously don't give a shit. But he's like genuinely distressed because he's like, what the fuck do I do? My mom's a sheep now. Which uh, which um, actor was it for the Big Bang Theory? Ah uh, fuck. Uh, it's so it's not Sheldon. Um, think you know i don't know if it's leonard uh, I'm, I'm literally looking this up I, I like see his face in my my head and that's not helping me right now um is it leonard no it's howard it's the guy who plays howard so his name's the actor's name is simon helberg but okay. yeah it's it's howard from the big bang theory in the fucking ad and i was like wait what what there's a okay all right i'm sure this is like you know i mean this is just a random fucking ad for a video game i'm sure he was just building up his portfolio but regardless i was like that's really fucking funny to me um but yeah there was those two there was another one where uh you know a guy was kissing his girlfriend and they turned her into a cow so then he's kissing a cow and then there's a, a final one um where this guy gets shrunk down to like mini size and they're like oh yeah he's gonna go sneak into the girl's tent or something but as he starts like running towards it this eagle swoops in and just fucking picks him up and flies away with the guy it's really fucking funny okay okay now i have to wonder because i i only played one game and it was rift apart yes which i'm sure we'll get to anyway Mm. but now i'm wondering are there people or has there been at least one person on the team throughout the entire game's uh life is it like that one producer who wants the giant spider in every movie that is a good question and i think you're gonna have to explain the giant spider lore because that one i'm gonna do my best because it was explained (laughs) to me yesterday by cobalt k yeah and there was apparently some producer, some movie producer, who wanted a giant spider in in like every single movie, and he would always drop it and always get denied. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a story that was told by Kevin Smith, who had written a script for a new Superman movie that never happened called Superman Lives, and he was working with this producer. This producer had mentioned that he wants uh, Superman to fight a giant spider, and Kevin Smith straight up said, "I, th- th- this this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do this, so we're not going to do it." And uh, but who knows how much he would have pushed? And apparently, the movie was going to be bad anyway. Kevin Smith hated the script, so yeah. it, it was it was a win for all. Uh, you know, he finished it; it got shelved. But 
Um, this producer had kept wanting to do that throughout a, throughout a bunch of movies, and he finally got his wish in Wild Wild West. <laughs> the one with uh, which is still so funny to me. Yes, the one with Will Smith. I forget who co-starred with him in that movie. It was Will Smith and somebody else that like most people. Yeah, know. was it Owen Owen Wilson? I don't know why I'm thinking Owen Wilson. I, I don't. I honestly do not remember. Anyway, I can look this up later. But yeah, I'm wondering if there is the if there's just somebody who just keeps trying to put it in. It is a quirky cartoon thing, and yeah. even Gungeon has it. Gungeon has the Snake Maker, the Devolver, the Witch Pistol, the Witch Pistol, and the Hexagon, mm-hmm. and all those uh, change you into a chicken. Um, chicken uh what else did they turn you did anything turn you into anything else like a frog or something I you got turned it might have been a frog one yeah, yeah. and of course snakes because the snake maker and the devolver would turn you into lesser forms uh, it would turn enemies into their lesser forms and uh you could turn them into the most primitive form that they can get and they're almost mm-hmm. harmless at that point so yeah, it's it's a fun mechanic to just use it on your enemies. Oh yeah, but Ratchet and Clank doing it over and over and over and over and over again, and he's like this is this is the way I want to focus the ad campaign, and this is this is uh th- these I always got to have like a weapon or two or yeah. three. I don't know. Oh, th- for some games, there's there's definitely like a number of them. But to your point, I, you know, the first three games were all directed by the same guy, and they did have. Uh, on the writing team, uh, they had one person who was on it all for all three games as well. Uh, so the the director was Brian Algier. I hope I'm saying that right. And then uh, John Lally was one of the writers who was on all three. It's entirely possible. I don't want to like speculate necessarily. It could have been one of them. It could have been someone on like the uh, programming team. Uh, you know, I'm I I feel almost positive that there had to be someone amongst that group who was like really gung ho about it because it really does like manifest not only just in those original games but like throughout the game series afterwards like it very much felt like because this was established as a core part of like the dna of their like wacky weapons so to speak that it then just like became an embedded thing forever after and it it must have been because someone pushed for it because that's not something that i think especially back in like 2002 like this was like this game was seen very much as like oh like it stands out you know it's very innovative blah 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 yes it's a platformer but like it's a platformer that's focused on having all these like zany weapons and that was something that really elevated it and clearly you know the weapons turning people into things was one of the more off the wall ideas than you know say just standard guns and and shit like that yeah um yeah so i i don't know i think the the ads in particular also like another thing i'll just mention about the ads is the way in which they're like directed i feel like whoever was doing them also knew what the fuck they were doing because one of the things that they really emphasize on that i think speaks to like an interest in it is like focusing in on the reactions of the people around the person who got transformed after the fact um, so, you know, going back to the one with Howard from the Big Bane Theory, like, you know, there's like a big emphasis of in like the filming and everything when you're watching the ad of like, you know, he has this look of shock on his face and all the friends are laughing and they're like, oh, that's so funny, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, genuinely, guys, like, you know, that's my mom. What the fuck do I do now? Um, or even like with the chicken, like, you know, they're kind of like mocking him and being like, oh, yeah, you're just a stupid chicken now, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
not to like you know extrapolate a bit too much or read too much into things but those kinds of reactions feel like something that would feel at home on like an old cyoc stories i guess what i'm trying to say and like the parallels did strike me to some degree in terms of like how they were focused on that it's i i I wonder how much of that is just incidental because in Mm. in a movie where in a movie or any piece of like visual media if you're changing into something it, it's, it's going to be a spectacular event it doesn't matter what happens to you uh you can't believe what you're seeing so i think it's only natural also it's a clever way to not have to uh focus too much on effects or lack thereof things yeah. like that uh, but at the same time, then I can't help but wonder because God damn it, the eighties had so many interesting ways of like, like, uh, including transformation and their stuff. Oh yeah. And you know, there are the people who went through the painstaking, uh, process of doing the, uh, practical effects and stuff like that, which people love. So, mm-hmm. uh, that takes a certain kind of vision and I'm never going to stop thinking about cat people because it was it was an erotic fantasy, and they made a movie oh, out yeah. of it, and it was weird. And turning it was into someone's s- fantasy. Yeah, t- tur- <laughs> the 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 part where she turns into a panther at the end could not have just been somebody being like that'd be cool. They they made the scene as it was for a reason. He could have woken up and found mm-hmm. a panther in his bed, and he could have been terrified at that. But nope, they made that choice. And to make sure that uh, she was good and naked when it happened. Oh, I was going to say, someone was really into panther titties. So, you know, I mean, hats off to them. Ah, they didn't They didn't grow. They, it, uh, the, the chest, like, barreled out. And oh, of course. But, them. you know, we had to focus on that while it was changing, you know? like Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, buddy. I, I know what you're into. That's fine. I'm I'm here for that too, don't you worry. But also like I know what you're doing. I think you can actually find the transformation on YouTube, but I ain't gonna show that because I don't know how the fuck people slip by and don't get caught. Yeah, I fuck if I know. Anyway, uh, back to Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I guess obviously those commercials I think really set the tone, but like I said, I feel like because they had those kinds of weapons at the very beginning, it ended up being something that got embedded into all the games moving forwards. Um, and there's like a few that I wanted to pull out that I remember that really stood out to me. Um, so there was a one called the Quack Array, of course, caused DuckTF, similar vein to like the sheep and the, uh, the chicken ones. Um, I think that was in like the third or the fourth game, something like that. Very good, very effective. Now, there was this weapon called the Critter Strike that I found really interesting because it would TF, like, some of the enemies into different things depending on what kind of enemy it was. So sometimes it might result in, like, little mini T-Rexes, like, TF, and then sometimes it would result in Pig TF, which is, like, two completely different ends of the spectrum. And I, I forget what the exact conditions were to cause it, but I thought that was, you know, an interesting way to do it. And another one that built on that was a weapon called the Chimpomatic, which if you were attacking an organic, like, you know, 
uh, enemy, it would turn them into a monkey. And if you were attacking like a robot enemy, it would turn them into like an inanimate, uh, like monkey clapping kind of toy, oh. uh, which again, I'm like, that's clever. You know, it's like, oh, it is going to turn them into a chimp, but depending on what they started on, you'll get two different results. Like, again, that's like the kind of thing where it's like someone was very much clearly thinking about like, how do we do this in a way that is interesting and also thinking about like the ramifications from a more like cause and effect perspective, which again, I'm like, I feel like someone maybe knew what they were doing. Um, the, the chimpomatic one really stands out as, as one of them. Um, and there were like a lot of other wacky ones too that they did more like off the wall ones. Um, so to give an example from the most recent game, uh, there was a weapon called the Topiary Sprinkler, which would TF your enemies, uh, at least for like a, a period of time, into plants. Um, and basically they would get frozen in place and uh, like their bodies would sprout leaves all over it. And then there'd be like a little sprinkler that would come out of nowhere just to like water the plant, which was very funny. And the, the point of the weapon was that, you know, it would immobilize the enemy and then you could just fire at them and you could get like some additional damage because they're, you know, stuck as a plant. Plants have less HP. But um, again, like, you know, the little detail, like, oh, implying that the water is like feeding the TF and being one of the triggers. It does uh, change them repeatedly. The Uh, It does. When you you upgrade it, it keeps spraying for longer, and enemies that got frozen once will change back, and then a couple seconds later, they'll get frozen again, like, one or two more times. Yeah, which is great. I'm, like, again, like, and one of the the funny things I noticed, for some of the specific uh, boss enemies, if you use it on them, sometimes they will actually sprout uh, little flowers over where their eyes are, uh, which is, like, a, a cute detail, like, on the face of it. If you think about it a bit more, it's a bit more, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought that was uh, that was really cool. And also in the newest game, um, they had the Pixelizer weapon, which is, I guess, to some degree, an inanimate TF, whereby the more you, like, fire this weapon at the weapons, the less corporeal the enemy becomes, and they become, like, reduced, essentially, to... Uh, pixels uh and if you actually get them all the way you end up turning them into just like a chunk of blocks that you can kick over which again like super terrifying if you think about it for too long but it's like oh it's cutesy whatever and it's funny to me how like they did manage to work in like a very low level of body horror in the sense of like it's not something that's visible but if you think about the consequences for some of these it's like oh, oh, that's actually really fucked up and you're doing this to people. Like, and it's like, oh, you know, it's for, it's like a teen kids game. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, you are like, you are murdering people in terrible ways. Yeah, you get the Super (laughs) Mario Brothers consequence of it. Everybody's bricks. Yes, everyone got turned into bricks. Mm. Yeah. Uh. And also there's another Gungeon weapon I forgot that I don't remember which gun it was anymore, but it glitches you out. So you glitch the enemies oh, out, and depending on your luck, you might just glitch them out of existence. It's great. That's amazing. But it, but but even if it, um, but even if it can't one shot bosses, the bosses will get all fucking corrupted and everything for the entire fight. It's great. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Um. Yeah, there, there's just so many cool ones. Um, 
I think the there was also a, a winterizer one, which was very much supposed to be a joke, but it would turn your enemies into uh, snowmen. I think that was in. Like, I was thinking there had to be a snowman type thing because when you mentioned the the flowers growing out of the eyes, I thought it's not much different from putting little pebbles in a snowman head. It's not. It's it's honestly not. Um, yeah, that was I think uh, into the Nexus, which very underrated. People should play that game. More. Okay, so 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 wait, important question. How good were those weapons? I played Rift Apart. Mm. Topiary, the Topiary Sprinkler was extremely fucking good, uh, yes. and um, I didn't really get to use the one. I didn't get to use the Pixelizer all that much because they mm. had a Gatling gun, and no other weapon matters when I get one. <laughs> well, I think uh, the Pixelizer is pretty good in the sense of it was a second shotgun in terms of how it functioned. Um, you do get a regular shotgun pretty early on, but there's obviously a limited amount of ammo you can have for it. Um, and it's good for crowd control. So if you get the pixelizer, it's basically a second option. So, you know, if you run out of ammo in one, you can go to the other and vice versa. Yeah. That one just has like the TF flavor uh, twist. Um, some of the other ones were less good. So, I mean, like the Morpho Ray, the, cra- the Quacko Ray, and the Sheepinator were okay. I- they, I found that sometimes you had to hold them down too long for some of the bigger enemies, and at that point it's like, well, I would be better served if I was just using fucking rockets or something at that point. Um, the Chimpomatic, I remember, was pretty good. The Critter Strike was in all for one. I forget how good it was, to be honest. Um, the Winterizer was more of a joke than anything, honestly. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't, like, terribly effective, but I would fucking use it because I'm like, that's fucking funny, and it's also TF. Um, but Pixelizer and Topiary Sprinkler definitely stand out. And the, uh, the Mutator one, which was in one of the PSP spinoffs, uh, that one was also apparently very good. Although, unfortunately, I've not played that game, which, sad face. Did um, they just, like, poof into the forms and then change back after a little while? Or was it, or is that it for them with some of the weapons where they change and, like, yeah. well, you consider them eliminated? So, for the... Like, the ones in those OG ads, those are, like, you're eliminated. Like, you are just the animal now. That's it. Um, For the Winterizer one, they actually would TF back after a certain amount of time unless you killed them. Same with Pixelizer. We already mentioned the Topiary Sprinkler had, like, kind of an on-off focus. Uh, I don't remember for some of the other ones if it was, like, permanent or if, like, it was only for, like, a temporary duration. But they were, for the most part, uh, poof TF, which I understand, like, especially from, like, a a game model perspective, it's really difficult to create models that are, like, going to be that versatile, particularly when they have to affect a wide array of different enemies. The one that does stand out, though, as actually having a progression to it was the uh, Pixelizer and the Topiary Sprinkler because the pixelizer one it like you would have to have multiple bursts and as like with each burst the enemy would get less and less human and like their sounds would get more and more muted as if they were like fading away like that one that i would definitely say had progression to it and the topiary you actually saw it like the tf happen even if it was very quick it was still very much like oh visibly i saw the leaves grow and oh yeah because like progressed it doesn't just poof all over it trails from the point of impact of the water and then spreads out over everything quickly yeah so i would say that that too yeah Yeah. oh just just another thing because i know i keep bringing up gungeon because it's it's guns that turn you into stuff it's Uh, good it's in regarding consequences because you said that the animals get 
changed. The, the, some of them get turned into animals, and that's it. They're considered yes. gone. In the Gungeon, with something like the Hexagon or Witch Pistol, what they'll get turned to is chickens. And the chickens mm-hmm. are completely harmless, but you can you can attack them if you want to. <laughs> and when oh, you yeah. do, and when you do, they just like uh, they cluck one loudly one last time and just burst into feathers. And like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. Very yeah. fucked oh, up. Yeah. If you want to do that, they they let you do that in the Ration Clank ones too. Oh okay. You know, if you want to, they're like yeah, that's fine. You can you can get a little extra few five bucks from it if you want. <laughs> Oh, extra money? Yeah. I'd yeah, you get extra money. Shit. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like it, the the system for currency, the economy in Ratchet & Clank is completely fucked. You need like thousands of bolts to be able to buy anything. So five bucks isn't going to do much of anything. But, I mean, it all adds up eventually. And if you're going to be a yes. completionist, then yeah, I'm going to fucking whack you with my wrench again to get a little more money. Because, yeah, fuck you. Um, so, but yeah, that's like kind of the weaponry stuff that I wanted to touch on to kind of set the the stage. The next thing I kind of want to point to in terms of this being very much like a TF franchise though, is, is the third game in particular, uh, up your arsenal, a wonderful title with definitely no, uh, double entendres. Um, none of the titles have double entendres. Oh, none of them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Erase that from your mind. Um, so the plot for that one is literally, revolving around the central villain wanting to transform literally everyone in the universe into robots uh the villain is dr nefarious who shows up many times throughout the series after his introduction in this game um but his original goal is to transform everyone into robots and he does have like some success at like certain points with you know various like oh you know other planets that they didn't get to in time stuff like that but like the plot in particular centers around like the central tension of like in terms of magnitude of how bad this is like this is a universe that we already know is populated by many robots so with both ratchet and clank there's like almost this like tension to some degree of like well okay how bad actually is that to be a robot like is that really a terrible thing versus like well obviously you're taking away someone's bodily autonomy so that's bad from that perspective but it's like this kind of like discussion that plays out throughout the course of the game that i think is is interesting i think they could have probably been a bit more nuanced with it to be frank i think they were more focused on other things which is fine um but like the plot of this entire game revolved around transformation and um it's funny there's a there's an Easter egg in a later game where you can actually have Ratchet turn into a robot. Um, it doesn't happen in this game, at least as far as I remember, uh, but they bring the the central like MacGuffin from this game back in a later one where if you fuck up, he can get transformed into a robot, which oh, I think is, a bad is very fun. Yeah, you can have a you can have a bad end in one of the later games. Uh, it's, uh, it's into the Nexus again. Um, there's like this part where they're like, oh, we have like this museum that's dedicated to like all the past enemies that were threats to the galaxy that have been defeated and we have their like stuff on display and and one of them we have a simulation of this weapon that was going to turn everyone into robots except oops it actually works and if you fuck up you can get transformed into a robot um so which is funny and then you get the whole game over whatever but like it's not game over because ratchet is dead or something it's just he just got turned into a robot and he's like fuck what the hell do i do now um but like that threat comes up more than once during the like third game itself and i i think that 
you know, especially given the first two games had that central tenant of like, oh, we have all these crazy wacky weapons that turn people into things, to then have the third entry in the franchise literally be all about, oh, what ha- would happen if everyone got mass TF'd? And like, we're going to watch as this happens to certain groups of people, like as the game progresses, like that, that's a TF game. Like, I, I don't see any other way to, to view that otherwise. Okay, so what is the consequence of being a robot? Does Nefarious end up having control over their will? Yeah, to some degree he does. Some degree? Yeah, so the way that it's kind of, like, pitched, um, it's a bit inconsistent in the game. There are some where it's portrayed as, oh, yeah, they got turned into a robot, but because they're kind of, like, you know, it's not important to Nefarious, he's not actually going to, like, mind control them or do anything. But in other cases, when it's, like, you know, an important ally or what have you, they do show him as, like, having the ability to control them. So... There's, like, this kind of inconsistency in terms of, like, obviously he wants to dominate and, like, rule the galaxy, etc. But it's unclear as to, like, how far those, like, mind control powers went because we do see examples where um, certain creatures do get transformed and they're just, like... I I forget, like, what exactly the lines is. We might have, like, a clip of it. But it's like, oh, oh, no, I got transformed into a robot and I still have to go to work or whatever. Like, it's... There is that, like, kind of tonal inconsistency. Yeah, it's it's very silly. It's being played for laughs, obviously. Yeah, that's fine. Even though, you know... I just just wanted to know, because, for instance, Dr. Wily uh, in later media has been... It pointed out the fact that he'll make these robot masters and he'll make these really strong robots, like Base. And Base will reject him because he gave him free will and it's like why would you do that and even in worlds collide where robotnik and uh where robotnik and wiley were working together yeah R- robotnik was like you're telling me you make these things he also commented on as like the the key is to not give them any free will you idiot it's 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 really funny yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> so it, i can imagine nefarious just doing like the wily thing of making that mistake but also making the robotnik mistake of i'm going to do this thing and i will have complete power over it the consequences of what i do are to be figured out maybe after yeah. maybe after i don't yeah. know yeah and and you know i i can't <laughs> it's funny because obviously dr nefarious is a very campy villain i mean they got quark from deep space nine to voice him which God, it was so good is, so fucking good i just love that man armin sherman bless you um he's very much like played up as a hammy villain megalomaniac all that good stuff um but he also like puts like some interesting points forward in the sense of like i'm basically giving you guys immortality so why are you complaining which (laughs) is like a very interesting angle to come at it from because he's like you know obviously well if you're a robot you know if something happens to you you can just get fixed up but like barring like you know complete destruction or something of course but like yeah you're never gonna have to like deal with any like you know oh i'm hungry oh whatever i need sustenance you don't need that shit anymore you don't need to worry about atmosphere or any of that shit weather who is she i don't know her like you can live forever now all you have to do is like submit to me ruling the galaxy and like obviously we're all like no fuck that but like it is kind of interesting how he does actually like try at least to some degree to like persuade people that this is like the right thing to do mm-hmm. and then like on the other side he has this whole propaganda effort going on with this stand-in who's very clearly like a britney spears analog who's like trying to use her 
popularity and media savvy to convince all of the robots that currently exist to like rebel and you know fight back against organic life uh, because we got to destroy them if they're not going to like allow themselves to be transformed blah 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 um, very very aughts humor but um, it stands out as like you know again thinking about like all the different angles of like oh how can i like maybe persuade people that they should be tf'd versus like threaten them if they don't get tf'd and like all these other angles to it like it was very much he thought out all the different ways he could potentially game out trying to get all these people to transform um be it willing or unwilling so you know mm-hmm. I-, I know that when it comes to being roboticized is often the thing of uh free will most of the time oh, yeah. being used as a tool or a weapon or or a slave or something like that it's uh it's, it's usually that to to become a machine is often synonymous with uh with losing yourself completely to like yeah. the will of something else and um but yeah it, it is funny cuz he, he he sweetened the pot by not completely taking away fruit like you'd have to submit to him but yeah. you'd have to decide to do it, which is, it's almost an election campaign. But with like, yeah. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to steal this anyway, because I, I need to, because I want it. That's really funny, actually. I didn't really think of it that way, but that's a good fucking analogy. It's kind of like the. Uh, I just think of also interspecies reviewers. There was a subplot that yeah. thing, that never got resolved where uh demons want to run for office all right the demonic race yes demons want to run for office and they run on a platform of very desirable social and economic changes (laughs) i'm not kidding no i believe it they're, they're running their platform but they're demons and nobody wants demons to be in office so like but this is what we want and we would help them how can we how can we convince people that they, they, they want us in office? Wait a minute. Have you heard of these guys that are going to bordellos and and cat houses and giving their reviews? We got to set them up to say some good stuff about us. <laughs> and I really wish I would. Maybe they finished it in the manga or something. Because the whole story maybe. never got fully animated. Yeah, you never know. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the fact that, you know, the fact that the plot of this game revolved around it, there were interesting questions pitched in, like, you know, the mind control element of, like, you know, identity death sort of stuff. Like, I think the fact that this was all kind of wrapped up into, uh, like, a very core part of this story, again, that was, like, it was the third game in the franchise, and at the time when it came out, it was very much considered, like, the best one yet, and there's definitely still people who believe it is, like, probably the best game in the series. Um, I wouldn't say I'm one of them but i still think it's like one of the best um like i think the fact that that all like built on like kind of the stuff i illustrated before with the ps2 games that came before it like it's at that point i think it's pretty much firmly established to be in like tf franchise territory to some degree um i think the other thing i'll mention though uh and this is something that happens throughout all of the games is there are like a number of transformations that happen to main characters in particular outside of like, you know, weapon wackiness and stuff that I think uh, also like kind of like plays into this. So um, there's a few that come to mind 
I already mentioned the robot TF for Ratchet in uh, in the Into the Nexus one where you get the bad end. I think that's a, a great example. Um, in the 2016 game, that was like a it was like a reboot slash remake of the original game. I don't really know what to call it. Nobody really knows what to call it. We try to pretend it doesn't exist, but anyways, in that game, uh, there's actually uh, the the main villain. Uh, spoilers for a game that came out uh, like almost a decade ago uh the main villain uh in like the last act actually gets transformed into a sheep uh via the sheepinator uh but like he's the main villain of the entire game and he gets fucking sidelined because they wanted to shoehorn in dr nefarious into the story and like i have thoughts i have thoughts as to like how that works from a story perspective trust me i don't i I feel that way about twilight princess another game that's about uh transformation big time the entire time you're like there's this new villain there's these new characters there's this new setting there are these new ideas ganondorf is back fuck this game back fuck everything fuck this game yeah well yeah and it was also like I, i we're gonna get i'm gonna get into the decision i guess like the whole first game again i i'm not actually a big fan of the first game uh you know the original 2002 one boo me if you want throw tomatoes i don't give a fuck i i said what i said but what they that game had an iconic villain in it like he was a very good villain whatever you have to say about that game so to in like reinterpret him in a way that made him a little less good and then also to fucking sideline him at the last moment so that you could just self-insert dr nefarious again it's like come on guys what are we doing here like seriously like i I, I hate that it's it's I, I always it's hate it. Yeah, they they have to bring back the thing and bring it back to status quo, and it, it's not even it's not even that sort of thing where you're like, how are you gonna figure in at the end? Certainly you are. You always literally do, and yeah. and I'm okay with that. But how are you go- how are they gonna do it? Uh, but but this it really is just the complete uh, complete sharp left turn. Yeah. Like, wh- exactly. Why why did you? Who, who? What committee thinking resulted in this shit? I would love to know because <laughs> it was not a great creative decision. Uh, but I will say at least on the you know on the sheep TF front for him, they do actually like they they kind of I don't want to say they salvage it later on, but like they do make a kind of funny joke about it later on in Rift Apart because uh, there's a sheep that's just always at the bar that you go to in Rift Apart. And it is very, very heavily implied to be the same guy. Uh, so the fact that they kind of like were like, okay, yeah, we did this bad decision, whatever. But this is how he's coping with it now. Like, yeah, he's a sheep, but he's just drinking at the bar all the time because what the fuck else is he going to do? And no one questions it. I think that's that's kind of funny. Uh, that's I an interesting little post. No idea, and I kind of want to see it now. I'll have to. I'll have to show you. Because obviously, I'm just there, and I'm I'm walking by everything, anything yeah. I could possibly appreciate right past me you know <laughs> well something that you can appreciate is gundam tf because there's a good chunk of that in all of the games too um in particular in the ps2 games there are a number of times where clank will tf into like basically gundam uh huh. and ratchet will actually ride around on his back so you know we have the whole switching of roles thing going on but yeah he becomes a big fuck off robot that fucking storms around shooting shit and blowing shit up and it's great uh and they they show him like actually tf like 
I think usually the way they do it is like his like first is like feet would get completely massive disproportionate to the rest of him and then he would kind of like spin around and then like his arms would change and then his body would buff up and then that like all the armature around his head would show up like it's really cool stuff and that's like a that. very much a progression yeah i'm i'm sure we'll i'll have a clip to show uh but it's it's fun it's a lot of fun um and there's also like in some of the earlier games there was two that i'll call out that i also think were very interesting so there's a vacuum tf uh in the third game oh. which uh, yeah, but but it's again it's played as a gag even though it's kind of mildly horrifying if you think about it too long. Um, not to get too much into it, but like Doctor Nefarious creates like an evil version of Clank called Clunk uh, that he has like he kidnaps Clank and like subs in Clunk so that he's like going around with Ratchet for a period of time, not knowing uh -huh. that like oh you know oh my best friend's actually a spy and he's evil and whatever. Yeah. Um, and eventually they figure it out and he breaks out Clank and they like defeat Clunk or whatever. But at the end of the game, they turn Clunk into a vacuum cleaner. Like, he's just, Ratchet's just casually using him to, like, clean his fucking apartment. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, that was a person. You just, what? He's a vacuum now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, mildly horrifying, played for laughs. Um, there's that one. Um, and then there's also, um, there's, like, a mutant TF, actually, in the second game. Where, uh like a like they mute they mutate one of the creatures into like a terrible horrifying monster it starts okay. out as like a little cute thing and i forget like what exactly it was that they did to it they were trying to like it, it was like a a created animal that they were testing so obviously the analogy of what they were going for is okay, very so clear lab animal got lab animal testing on. bad you know yeah. a monster turned into a monster and that's the the final boss for that game oh, okay. so like it's and it's cool it's a cool monster design in my opinion i think they did a good job with it okay uh, uh a question does clank get a v-fin on his head when he changes no no okay i was just wondering some people some people are are uh th they want to do the gundam thing so they will either imply or just put a v-fin right on the fucking head and it's like yeah <laughs> you just wanted to you just wanted to show that little bit because you know what that really means yeah that's what it makes people think of it's not like other uh famous robots in anime haven't had one but that's the example people are going to think of if they know oh, about yeah. giant robots no 100 percent. yeah um yeah no it's it's a it's a really fun sequence though um there's also so again spoilers for a game that came out uh, i guess it came out three years ago so you know maybe skip this part if you haven't played rift apart yet there's a dimensional counter to clank called kit in the game and she also gets a gundam tf and she's fucking great i love kit she's a great character um but it comes kind of like if you haven't played the previous games, it does kind of come as a bit of a surprise because she's traveling around with Ratchet for a period of time. And there's this moment where like, it looks like, oh, everything's lost, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, we have to fucking, let's just run away and like save our hides and fight another day. And she's like, no, I got something I got to do, but you know, you should stand back or whatever. And she actually fucking, the force of her transformation actually flings Ratchet backwards, which is a great fucking uh, little detail. Like her actual like body expanding fucking hits him because he wasn't expecting it and then she's like you know killer badass robot shooting things which is yeah. great um she's a she's a good character one thing actually since i'm thinking about 
Rift Apart. There's also a hidden TF in Rift Apart that you will miss if you don't look closely enough. Oh. But it's one of those things where I'm like, again, you guys fucking knew what you were doing. In the opening sequence of the game, uh, there's a period where everything goes to shit. Uh, you know, Dr. Nefarious is back and he's trying to do some fuck shit. And now all the dimensions are getting fucked up. And there's a part where as you're running along, there's a group of civilians that come out of this building. It's like a transit station or something. And they're running out of the building. And because of like the dimensional instability, there's like this pulse that comes from one of the breaches. And a bunch of the civilians who are running away get transformed into plants. Like it happens like this. Oh. If you're if you're not looking, you miss it. But if you are paying attention, you literally see all of them turn into plants. And again, I'm like, that's fucking cool. And also, you fucking know what you're doing because that's a blink and you miss it thing. Like that's a very subtle detail that you would not see unless you were paying attention. And the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, what? And I literally, because of the way the PS5 works, it always is like saving like the last few minutes of your gameplay. So I, I clicked on one of those and i watched it again and i was like literally the leonardo dicaprio meme of like oh fuck there it is <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great um i guess the last one i'll mention that i think is really cool is um in many of the games not only the og games but also like the ps3 games rift apart etc um there are hologuises that you can have and even though they're not strictly portrayed as like the person is actually transforming into whatever they are they're disguised at in terms of functionality they're using the game model for this other form uh you can only interact in the same way so like your height is reduced the camera angle goes down if you're a small thing or up if you're a big thing uh the way in which you can interact with the world around you is different based on whatever form you're disguised at in my opinion that's functionally a tf even though they're not saying like oh you transformed whatever like because of the well, way you end up is. having to interact, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, you basically when, are. When you, yeah, I, I, when you said, when you say disguise, it often means that it's broken the moment you have to do anything that doesn't involve it. But if you could do all the things that the other form does, then, yeah, you've essentially turned into it. Yeah, pretty much. So, I, I always thought those are cool. Um, and those are in, like, almost all the games. So, you know, whatever game you pick up from the franchise, it's going to have one of those in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, we have main major characters that will get transformed at various points, the fact that, you know, one of the game's entire plots revolves around it, all the weapons, the way in which it was presented to the audience as a whole, I think all of these are encompassing in terms of making this like a TF franchise. But I would also argue that like any good TF franchise will also reflect on the changes that we all undergo over time that stem stem both from TF experiences and non-TF experiences. And I know, you know, people might say, oh, character development is not really a TF. And to that I say, again, fuck you. I think it is. Um, And I think in particular, both Ratchet and Clank and Dr. Nefarious all have really interesting character development uh, kind of journeys as it were character that arcs. Ref- yeah character arcs thank, thank you uh, words they have very interesting character arcs that i think speak to the ways in which you know experiences change us and such and i as a you know, big surprise the lombax really likes ratchet's character arc truly st- a <laughs> stunning revelation um well but, you couldn't you know, have to some characters they just get, i guess like i don't like 
okay, for Devil May Cry fans, Dante doesn't have a character arc. That's true, actually. He doesn't he have does. one. He doesn't have one. Not he is the same one. person. <laughs> Ratchet could easily. It's funny because despite all the obviously cartoony shit, and and I don't mean that in the uh, in just the the surface level way. A cartoon is generally meant to have things return to the status quo, so you could do all kinds of gags and situations with them. Mm. But they decided that this character will be a certain way, and then yeah. they kept making games, and were like, "Well, let's let's have him go through this and come out the end the end uh, differently." And then by the next game, that still mattered. Yeah. So so it is actually. A surprise to know that you like Ratchet's character arc. Yeah. Like, no. It, yeah. No. Go, con- continue. Continue. Sorry. I was gonna say there's there's just lots of games where they don't have it. Mario doesn't have a character arc. Sonic yeah. doesn't even get a character arc. That's you know, true. Actually. Yeah. They they don't really get one because they have to return to the status quo. Doctor Robotnik was was uh was denied a character arc despite the end of Sonic Adventure 2 which made me question how are the rest of the games going to go yeah. okay it's 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 uh it's not a surprise people could be like oh duh no no it, it could have easily not been like that at all credit to the entire franchise that you can say that and stick by it and then watch watch and play the newest game and say Oh, all that stuff from like a long time ago. Look at how it manifested and how they wrote it oh, into yeah. his character and all that stuff. And that's really fucking cool. And I, I want more of that. Ian Flynn, yeah. you're a cool Please. guy. <laughs> I am really hoping that people will listen to you and that you'll get to do something nice for Sonic. I hope so. It too. would be very good. It would be very good. Please, thank you. I, I believe I'm praying in you. for this for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he, he can fix Shadow. I believe he can fix Shadow, so... I believe so, too. Every, everybody, give Ian Flynn your support, your continued support. If you don't know who he is, he is the current writer for the IDW Sonic Comics, wrote a bunch of Archie uh, Archie Sonic issues in the, toward the end of his life, and yeah. also uh, is the reason Sonic Frontiers had a good story. Yeah. So, uh, do it, everybody. This is, this is the Sonic and Ratchet episode. It is. Mostly it is. Ratchet. I love that. <laughs> I, I really do hope that he fixes my husband because Shadow deserves better. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things, like, the thing I, I, to crystallize what I mean by Ratchet having a character arc, in the first game, he's somewhere between, like, 16 and 18. In the most recent game, he's in his mid-30s, okay? Mm-hmm. And, like, this is canon. Like, they, they reference time passing multiple times, and he, like, especially in the most recent one, he's like, I'm too old for this shit, which is really funny. Uh, I feel like many people in their their 30s would agree, yes, we are too old for this shit. But, um, you know, like, in the first game, he is an asshole, to be frank. Like, he's just a fucking jerk. He's, you know, snarky for the sake of being snarky. He's too edgy and too cool for people. He's a fucking dick sometimes. You know, there are people who desperately need help in situations. And he's like, eh, go fuck yourself. No one helped me, so I'm not helping you. And Clank's like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, of course we should go help those people. And I don't give a shit if you're like all like too jaded and whatever. Uh, we're going to go fucking do something about it. He like, he is an asshole towards Clank too. He threatens him, his life multiple times throughout the game. Like 
people talk about like oh you know they have this like buddy buddy friendship now but like the first game was nothing like that at all it was like damn these two really are just together right now because of convenience and circumstance and nothing else there is like no love lost with them until towards basically the very end where ratchet you know having gone through the arc of just that one game is like okay this is actually someone that maybe i should be you know some level of caring towards i'll actually go save his ass and we'll go kick this guy's ass to the the villain uh and he's like by the end of the game he's like yeah you can come chill with me whatever just don't be too nerdy or whatever uh and again like that's an interesting kind of again not going back to the status quo and that continues into the other games um you know throughout all the ps2 games he is still like he retains some of his like asshole-ish tendencies to some degree but like he's clearly getting better over those games and when you hit the ps3 games in particular uh because they wanted to focus the plot more about like his backstory and where he came from and all this shit um he goes through this really interesting uh i guess conundrum where he's being kind of tantalizingly promised oh you know you're the only lombax in this dimension or whatever and maybe you could go and find where the rest of your people went and find what happened to them, all this stuff. And he learns some of this information. But one of the things that he comes to in terms of realization when he's kind of faced with a choice is that he has more of himself now where he is than anything that could have been with all these other Lombaxes. Because he's built his own family. He's, you know, made all of these friendships and connections and such. And so he ends up actually spurning it when he's given the choice. And that kind of flows into... Um, some interesting ramifications as well. Um, I'm going to harp on Into the Nexus again for a second because I think it's one of the best games in the franchise from a writing perspective. Um, In that game, Ratchet is confronted with the villain of that game, whose name is Vendra, and she's very much like his foil in the sense of she's also been like cast out from her people uh, or like separated, and she really wants to get back to them, and she really wants to like make that connection. And she is actually successful to some degree in doing that and then finds out, oh, actually, these people were nothing like what I uh, imagined and they don't actually really give a shit about me. Uh, I'm just Mm. a means to an end now for their own plans. And Ratchet, even in the PS3 games in the previous one in Crack in Time, he also meets another Lombax who also ends up not being what he expected. So by the time you get to Rift Apart, when they're talking about like, oh yeah, maybe this is a chance to meet other Lombaxes. Look, there's this rivet now, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I feel really anxious about this actually, because I fucking almost, the, the last Lombax I met killed me, like straight up killed me. So, you know, maybe I'm a little bit leery of this. I have a little bit of PTSD related to that. I'm like, really anxious about this possibility i don't really know if it's worth it i fucking gave up on it a long time ago like all of these things wrap into these fucking two plus decades of story and like have developed him into the character he is by the time we get to the most recent game and i think that the way in which they handled that journey was just really well done i I have thoughts as to like some of the things they leave out like i wish some of the stuff was a bit more explicit in the text instead of having to read into a lot of subtext but you know putting that aside like all the building blocks are there and 
you know, again, this is built off of all the experiences he has had, which include TF, for the record. Uh, but they all build up off of the experiences that he's had over, like, you know, two-plus decades to the fact that now he's in his mid-30s. He's tried to retire from this fucking galaxy-saving hero business because he's like, I'm fucking done with it. He's tried it, like, two or three times, and he keeps getting dragged back into it. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just want to fucking live. And again, that's, like, such an interesting take on this character that at the beginning was just pitched as, like, oh, he's this guy who's, like, you know, kind of an asshole, but he wants to be a hero, and he, he kind of just wants the hero stuff, and now he's like, I don't want any of that shit. Just fucking leave me alone. And yet he still keeps getting dragged back into it. Mm-hmm. And somehow ends up being, uh, how should I put it? He, he, could, he could just be really exhausted all the time. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if it was, uh, if it was, uh, no, not fucking Die Hard. God damn it! I'm remembering the. I'm forgetting the fucking movies. Ones with mm. Danny Glover in them. The, the, the where where it's pretty much that made him pretty much have the catchphrase. I'm too old for this shit. But it, it could have been that lethal all the weapon. time. Yeah, lethal weapon. I was just like, there was only one Die Hard movie. What the yeah. fuck am I thinking? But yeah, the lethal <laughs> weapon movies. Uh, just I'm too old for this. Could have been that. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't. So yeah. it was fun to watch him go through it again and him caring about the stakes and also being interested and invested in all that stuff instead of just being desperately, desperately trying to find a way out. Which mm. is funny because that, that would have been him in the first game. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. That's 100% him in the first game. He's like, no, this, fuck this. I don't give a fuck. Oh, that, you know what? That, that, that's funny because that's a horseshoe. He doesn't yeah. give a fuck and so he doesn't want this. And uh, now he gives a fuck, but he doesn't want this. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really great point. I never thought about it that way, but you're right. And I think also, like, the fact that he's still, like, optimistic or friendly to some degree by, like, the time he's getting all of these things. Like, again, he's like, he cares about the stakes. It's very easy to just be like, I'm just going to fucking do what I need to do so that we can get to the end of this. No, like, actively throughout this journey he is also being kind he chooses to be kind now instead of choosing to be an asshole which was you know easier and the fact that he does that in like you know the most recent game again some people are like oh he's not edgy like he used to be before he's like of course he's not because he's not 17 anymore he's a fucking adult and he's gone through shit of course he's not going to be fucking edgy snarky all the fucking time he still has his snark don't get me wrong but also he's like yeah, I, I don't need to be an edgy teenager all the fucking time. Like, I'm 35. Fuck this shit, you know? Like, Jesus. Who wants to get some Let's Plays out of Zill? <laughs> just, uh, just, maybe not the entire game, but, you know, like, uh, Zill plays some Ratchet and Clank for the TF I, Tuesday podcast fans. I'm I'm fucking down. I would be down to do it. I would tell be us. going off about the story. So, tell, you know. tell, tell us if you want that. If you really, really want it, do you want it that badly? <laughs> Vote in the comments. Vote Play in the so. Patreon. Play yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I, I think he has such a fascinating character arc overall. I have done some like readings into it that I definitely don't think were put there by the writers, but I think particularly the PS3 era games, like they very much can be a queer allegory of, you know, like searching for where you fit in and then finding a found family and that building around you and all that stuff. I think, like, you know, there are a lot of really interesting themes and, and subtext to these games that, you know, again, like, they're not even necessarily marketed in that way, but they choose to put in more than is expected. And I always respect that. Yeah. Um, 
and it makes them it, it's a reason why I, they have a special place in my heart um and you know i i spent a lot of time harping on ratchet but clank also has a pretty good character arc too in my opinion um you know he very much starts off being like you know oh we have to do the good thing blah blah, blah which you know that's great i'm not saying he like lost that in any way but He's also very, like, aloof and disconnected from the rest of the world. Uh, like, they very much start him off as, like, the classic fish out of water. I'm, like, the straight man, and I'm dealing with this snarky asshole now, and I'm just trying to do the right thing. But this guy, I have to, like, drag him along. And as he goes through the games, like, they build up more of an authentic partnership. But he also grows, too, because he starts to understand how to connect with other people. Uh, you know, and obviously there's, like, barriers of, like, you know, he's synthetic he's dealing with a lot of organic beings all that kind of stuff there's a barrier there that he kind of has to surmount and he also has to like understand emotions to some degree not to say he didn't like have them initially because he definitely did but like to a lesser degree of like a data from star trek he does have to like understand why people might react in one way or the other um and in particular i think he has to learn how to be less aloof um because he definitely comes across like that in some of the games uh in the ps3 games in particular when ratchet's trying to like figure out oh you know where did my people go and like about myself like clank kind of is very dismissive of it to be frank in the first like two or three games where he's just kind of like yeah i know you like care about this but I, I like if you if you try to embark on this you're going to endanger a lot of people and i don't think that's worth it i think you need to give up on that kind of a quest it's very selfish blah 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 and to be fair he has like at least some of a point i i have my disagreements on that perspective but by rift apart he's actually like you know i actually understand now why he had this connection and why he was looking for these things because i have listened to him and i have done reflection and I actually want to help him do that now. Now that, you know, we're theoretically not in the middle of this, like, you know, life-changing event, I want to help you find your your family if that's what you want. Um, and again, I think that's like a testament to how he becomes more caring and also understands people better and understands, like, how to connect with them. Um, and so it, it's a bit more of an understated arc, but I think it's still very much there. And he's definitely not the same character he was in the very first game. So I appreciate that, like, both of them have their own kind of journey that also, like, is influenced at very t various points by each other, you know? Like, they very much are the biggest influences on each other's lives and the direction that they're going. And they improve each other when they're together, so. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing you want to see. It would be really frustrating if, again, they return to the status quo after each fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, because it another reason I even think of the Let's Plays is because I kind of want to see them. I don't know if I'd want to play them, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. Some games... Uh, how do I put it? A game can age poorly in the gameplay department, yes. but if you're already into it and you're comfortable enough with it, you're like, yeah, it's fine to me. Uh, but, um, but uh, yeah, but I'm still really curious to see how it plays out, which is why, for instance, I would have... Uh, I've had uh, Steph play... Uh, the original Resident Evil. Yes. Or at least the director's <laughs> cut, where she can play that just fine, but me, I'm like, I, I don't want to, but I really want to see. Yeah, I mean, I have I have all the games, so it could happen. I still Sweet. got my PS3 that has the... I have the remastered PS2 games on PS3 because I never owned a PS2. Um, but, 
they actually they they did they did a good job porting those over actually like i was actually pretty impressed with how it ran and like all that stuff good um so yeah um i guess the last thing i'll just mention i think it's interesting that they did also give dr nefarious who is the like main villain for a lot of the games a character arc uh, like he actually has a character arc of becoming a better person while still being a villain. And I find that deeply amusing. Uh, like he starts off being very megalomaniac, like that kind of a person. And, um, when he, when he initially crops up later in the series, um, again, he's still a, a villain, but he has at least like, he's kind of elevated his understanding of like the world and people around it. Um, and this kind of feeds into this, I guess they call it a spinoff. It's technically still canon, all this stuff. There's a multiplayer game called All for One that he's in where he's one of the four player characters. And so you're probably thinking like, what the fuck? They let you play as like this villain guy? Well, the way it ends up going down is that um, he's trying to do another like villainous scheme and he fucks it up spectacularly badly. And they all get kidnapped, him, Ratchet, Clank, and, and Quark. And they all have to work together to escape this like alien planet that they've been like stuck on or like been abandoned on. Um, and like, he actually like develops some really interesting connections with all the other characters. So by the end of it, he doesn't like really want to do the villain thing even more, even though he feels like that's still kind of his role to play in life. And so it's, it's, it's a really fascinating game from just like his character arc in it. Like he's got a very, they did a really good job writing that. Um, and then, you know, you get to the most recent game where he shows up again and he's like, yes, he's kind of the main villain, but like his whole impetus is like, I lose all the time and it fucking sucks. So I'm just going to go somewhere where I like am like guaranteed to win because that's how the dimension is set up. And spoiler alert again, maybe skip this part, but like turns out he's actually still going to lose in that one too because he was just kind of w- being a seat warmer for the actual nefarious of that galaxy who actually wins all the time and he kind of gets like treated like shit again um until he has a moment again at the end of the game where he's like actually yeah this was all a mistake i shouldn't have done this i shouldn't have like teamed up with you fuck you you can go you can go to hell and die and then he just fucking goes off into the sunset so I, i don't know like what the future games will hold for him but like it's very clear that he's again not the same person he was in the first game and has actually like become a better person even if he's still like fulfilling the villain role and again i think that's a really interesting nuance to do with the character that is ostensibly the main face of like evil for your game franchise so i think i think that's good and i really do hope that they follow through on giving him an actual character arc and if he's mm-hmm. if he's seeming like he's got uh more agreeable stance and he seems to be changing his mind on why he should stop doing that stuff he should stop trying to take over the universe because it it ain't gonna happen because yeah because for so many reasons yeah there are so many things that i like that never get an r i know i know i'm sorry And, and he literally goes from like i want to like mass forcibly like control everyone everywhere to i would still like to rule the galaxy but maybe i'll just like use some time travel shenanigans to do that to okay fine i'll work with other people i guess and become a better person and then finally okay i do still want to be in charge but i'm literally just going to go to a place where that's already happened and just like take over the position i'm not even going to do anything else like there is a progression there in terms of getting better he still wants to do bad things but he's gotten better trying to cut corners and how to take over everything (laughs) 
yeah involves less force and more yeah less bloodshed yeah, yeah all that kind of shit like, like hey the world where he runs shit is uh is an oppressive authoritarian regime but how he got it somewhat morally better yeah it's weird it's, it's fucked up very weird Ah. It, it, it's so funny there's there's like some very clear like analogies to like amazon as a company in terms of how he's running like the main planet and i think that's was obviously very intentional but is also very funny and kind of depressing if you think about it a bit too hard uh but yeah it's it's very interesting i don't know i i just i, I love these guys i think about them a lot as you can probably tell yeah, I but I can. I, I'm appreciating it more because I remember Ratchet and Clank uh, in the periphery of my consciousness as video games. Anytime they came out with a new one, I'm like, "Oh yeah, another Ratchet and Clank game." But I didn't think about it much else. Uh, maybe I would think to why they keep making them. Mm-hmm. I, I never knew if they were very good or very bad, but they kept making them, and now I can see the charm, you know, even more. Yeah, yeah, they 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 definitely have a good charm to them, and. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the platformers from the PS2 area are no longer made. So I, I, I'm very thankful that, you know, in terms of the franchises from that era, that Ratchet and Clank is still kicking. And obviously, I know it's partially because Insomniac likes them, and also partially because it still makes money. But, you know, I am just glad that we've been given the opportunity to, like, continue to see them develop that story. Because it very easily could have stopped by now. They could have easily, yep. like, just completely moved on. And, you know, to some degree, like, Insomniac as a studio has moved on somewhat in terms of, like, shifting their focus now to being, like, we're making Marvel games now because we're good at that. And I'm very excited for that, too. Don't get me wrong. I, I really like what they're doing there. But they also haven't given up on Ratchet and Clank. They still are making them, you know, somewhat sl- much slower than they used to, but still making them. And I just am genuinely very appreciative of that because... uh I love my Lombaxes. I love my Lombaxes. Continue to love them. They've earned it. They have. <laughs> I'm thinking the next game should probably be... Oh, man, what... <laughs> so so a couple of ideas. One would be uh, uh, an idea that goes off the rails, maybe turning everybody into a Lombax or something like that. And it could be... I don't know. It, it could just be an experiment that uh, is successful... But then somebody with ill intention ends up taking it and running amok with it. So it's just yes. like, didn't you want your people back? Why are you? Why is the problem with me? It, oh, it could be an obsessed fan. It could be an obsessed fan. I, I have thought about to, that before. Yes. Yeah. Who wants to be a Lombax too? Is like, I want to be just like my hero. I want the world to be a better place. And it's like that. I. I. Uh, but. But I'm me. And why would you? No, you don't understand. You're not the hero I thought you were. And it becomes just misery. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's really funny you mention that because there is a game in the franchise where the villain is a fan that's just gone like insane. Oh, uh, wonderful. So it's really funny you mentioned that uh, because it's great. But also, I have had that thought before. My, like, little crackpot theory, which it's not really... I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, but if it does, Insomniac, call me. Uh, when <laughs> they go to the Lombax dimension, that's, like, they've really set it up as, like, that's going to be what's going to happen in the next game. I think it would be really funny if one of the protecting things around the dimension was that when you go there only Lombaxes can, like, exist there. So anyone who's not a Lombax who goes there becomes a Lombax because that would therefore be the perfect opportunity to have Clank turn into a Lombax. And I think that would be cool. And also other people, I don't know, I'm just saying, like, 
Yeah. I, I think I wonder if it would be funnier if he just was a robot Lampax. That would be funny. I think that would be hilarious. I I'm, it's a cool idea, you know? So yeah. Um but yeah. I, I guess uh you know, in closing, I think that it as a franchise has done a lot of really interesting things over the years. I think a lot of the stuff with the wackiness of their weapons has influenced a lot of other games uh, in particular. And like TF was an important part of that, of their weapons, of the story, of the character development and all those other things. And, you know, I think for all of those reasons, it deserves to be considered a TF franchise and anyone who disagrees can come fight me. Uh, we can meet in a parking lot and, uh, you know, we can get into fisticuffs <laughs> if that's what you fucking want. So, it's just a discussion, man. Why are you talking about fighting? Because I, I mean, bomb parking lot like, is we've, a flat, listen, even surface. I, I have a wrench that I have that will fucking pack a punch. So I'm just saying, I'm a lombax with a wrench. What are you expecting from me? Of course, I'm gonna fucking fight you. If you steal Ratchet's wrench and you keep using it, the more kills you get, the more lombax you become. Exactly. What, like this is what I want. Someone write me this story, please. <laughs> <laughs> I get ideas, uh, and then I can tell you what happens after. Yeah, exactly. But will it be a sequence? For for it to uh, have the post content, yes, it would have to. <laughs> Story's not over yet. Story's not over yet. Uh, I don't know if you had any closing thoughts as well, Libra. I know a lot of this has just been me gushing about my favorite franchise, which well, I appreciate you being here for. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I I did like hearing about all the stuff that you had to say. Again, it uh, furthers my appreciation for something in games that I, I probably haven't seen it anywhere, but I have no doubt that something like Ratchet and Clank had influenced other games Maybe I didn't play them, or maybe I have, and I never knew that was something. Yeah. Uh, you know, wild, wacky weapons. Who knows if that figured into something like the Gungeon. The Gungeon is all mm -hmm. about taking uh, references from everywhere and making it their own thing. Some some of the nods are more like hitting you in the fucking face, and it's funny, and others are like really subtle, where like, hey, that's an idea from so-and-so. And... um. And I I love games as I probably I, I act like oh I only love Sonic but I love video games in general oh, yeah. so um, when I get to learn about stuff it's it's um, it, it's enriching to me it's a mm. medium that I deeply value and that I want to keep engaging with and I want to keep playing for as long as I can uh, like hell there's a there's a new video. Um, I probably I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, Matt McMuscles is a YouTuber and he does a series called What Happened, and okay. he released one today about the bouncer. I oh, and I would love to know about that game. Uh, just for those who don't know, it was one of the first PlayStation Two games. It was made by Square mm -hmm. Enix, and it was mm -hmm. a third person, uh, third person 3D beat 'em up. And it looked really cool in the commercials. And when I played that game, it was so fucking bad. It was so fucking bad. It was really short. Um, I didn't know what was going on. 
Those other things would have been fine, but I say it's a bad game because I had no idea how to play it. The combat was incredibly stiff. I felt like I couldn't do a, a three-hit combo to save my life. I didn't know if it was me or the controller or whatever, but the game was just really fucking bad. But I was so curious, and I bought it used. Although I will have to say, there is a part where some woman inexplicably turns into a jaguar, and I don't know why. Hey! Hey, but, no, we love that shit. But, <laughs> but, but, hey. You know what? I'm, 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 uh... Also a little tangential, but a little related. So Mm -hmm. I mentioned like the woman turning into the big cat. And in Final Fantasy VIII, there is a bar that you walk into and there is a TV screen. And it's just looping the same thing over and over again because, you know, it's a PlayStation game. Yeah, you know there, there isn't like they couldn't put like a full fucking show. They couldn't put like yeah. five seconds of animations. Yeah, the game is that. four discs long. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, fuck guys? <laughs> you know, but but instead of leaving the TV blank, what they had playing was the face of a woman turning into like a black panther or a jaguar, and then changing back. And they had that morph looping back and forth, oh, back fuck. and forth, back and forth. And I'm thinking somebody at some point on that team really just wanted chicks to turn into a panther. And I just want to say, I appreciate you, I get you, and I hope you get your wish for, like, something really fleshed out in a game. Join an indie dev, you know, give them your experience, and be like, I need to see this, and they'll be like, well, work it in, and it'll be good. Oh my god, that's great. You know what, just like the guy who got his giant mechanical spider, I hope that for them as well. Godspeed and good luck. You know, I, I'd like, like a, I'd like another Panther Jaguar or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like another one that isn't cat people. As good as that one is, I, I'd like to see something good. And I can't we do I, like diversity in our species. You know, yeah. And I can't lean on Griff to hopefully make an animation one day that's like all like painstakingly blah blah blah. You, come on, come on, people. <laughs> I, you I'll, mean I'll, I had I'll, to I'll I had to I had to pause my Griff Orca dot MP4 to come like here this? Like, this i know i know <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did anybody else say griff orca before i no. i think i think i think i did hear someone actually say that and then i saw the person who made the meme of like oh i had to pause my you know griff dolphin yeah. whatever thing and then i was like i just have been like mishmashing it in my head because i think it's funny even no, though I know it's, it's funny <laughs> I, I, I was just wondering like wait i wonder why you're saying that <laughs> certainly no better by now uh, no it's because someone did like mistook it and then i was like now i'm gonna run i'm gonna run with it so <laughs> I, got, I gotta make me some more some more panther stuff in the future oh, i yeah. do miss it um i'm getting the juice back i'm getting it. you people will see something yeah. in the I, in the foreseeable future yeah, I was going to say, I fucking started working on a personal minute for the first time in a year and a half. Fuck yeah. We'll see if I actually do anything with it, but the fact that I did anything, you know. Things are happening. Things, are, it, things are happening. Yeah, it's very easy to overlook the fact that both of us are creatives and we like making shit, even though we do this pretty much weekly. Yeah. It's, we got <laughs> well, this shit is... we actually want to do. Yes, but we are also, as creatives, making shit every week. Mm-hmm. we're doing both get we're artists who do both. both you know yep <laughs> oh man well speaking of artists who do both uh we got some interesting questions from some artists themselves as well that i figured we would uh make some time to go through and the first question we have is from galaxy and galaxy asks um you get tf'd into an animal that is unable to speak and for whatever reason you need help from someone maybe someone to help you turn back 
What types of strategy would you use to try to communicate with someone to help you get what you need? Uh, that's kind of an open-ended question because then it would have to, I'd have to pick whatever I turn into. But I, let me see. Uh, I have an answer if you want me to go. Uh, sweeping strategies. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna fucking wing it. Okay. Uh, sweeping strategies, of course, would be trying to write anything mm-hmm. in any way possible. Uh, making sure that uh, that I use my body language to, first of all, uh, let you know that I'm either not afraid or not a threat. Uh, what else? If I can write in any way possible. It's going to make communication um, way easier. Yeah. And if, uh, oh, oh, and this would be interesting. If whatever body you end up as can interact with a touch screen. Oh, then, yeah. Then pff, yeah, you're off then to the races at that point. You, you can even do your own research, you know, and, or, or communicate with anybody. It's, uh, the, there's, there's a bunch of possibilities. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you don't even necessarily even need a touch screen. I mean, if you TF into something and you're maybe at home, I mean, keyboards, like, you could potentially be able to use one of those, like, if you're very careful yes. and, you know, like. Yes, that's true. I was I was also thinking in terms of if you can't be at a seat or if you can't be at a keyboard right. for any reason, a touch screen is just another way of doing it. But, you know, yeah. if, if you got dainty enough digits or something or enough force or if you can exert enough force to actually push yeah. a key in. So that's why I think that's why I thought of a touch screen. No, oh, because actually, because strong or weak, if you register, you can use it. Yeah, and it's the host internet connection. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll definitely have to hope that's still there. Um, it's funny. So I, I think you covered most of the things I would say. One thing I'll also add. Uh, one of my exes actually used to have like a Scrabble like uh, magnets on their fridge, basically. And so the joke sometimes was like, if I had like transformed into like a small animal or something, uh, let's say for example, a fly that was one that come up came up. Well, I could like land on the letters like individually to try and spell something. So if you look and see a fucking fly that's like jumping from different letters that are clearly trying to spell something, that you'd be like, oh, okay, hold on, let me like pay attention to what the fuck is going on here. Yeah. Um, so I always thought that was kind of funny. Obviously, like with some animals, like if you were like you know outside or something and you're like a horse like maybe you could like draw like stuff like letters into like the dirt or something yeah but i think you know most of the things you said i'm like i would echo that honestly yeah in terms of writing that's also what i mean like are you a giant thing that has zero dexterity are you an ungulate or something like that scratch that shit into dirt if you're a sea animal you're kind of fucked though yeah, if you're a sea animal, I don't know, will you ever be seen yeah. again? You have to avoid. Uh, you have to avoid people a lot, depending yeah. on what you turn into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rip. But remember, beaver is fish. You just want to eat meat. <laughs> just admit it. Beaver is fish. Capybara is fish. Lizard is fish. This is not me. Everyone, this has been a public announcement from the Catholic Church. Beaver is fish. Capybara is fish. Iguana is fish. I don't know why. Because they want to eat meat. And they're desperate to fucking keep eating meat. Just eat it. Just eat it. That would would make Jesus sad. Jesus is dead. I think he got about as sad (laughs) as he was going to get. He's okay now. (laughs) Fucking stop it. 
I'm not gonna upset him now. Everybody did everything in the fucking world to upset his ass oh, and then kill God. him. It, it, when he wasn't gonna die, he was just people were shitting in his temple pretty much. Are, <laughs> are you are you telling me now was the time? Because well, you now, people feel guilt. Listen, Catholic guilt. Listen, it's it's the Catholic guilt is terminal. Okay, and it is important for me to know. That on certain Fridays, I should eat beaver, apparently. You're Thank you, Catholic to, Church. You're not supposed to eat them on any Friday, apparently. No, no, the, the, you're allowed to eat fish. That's the whole point. So that's why they were like, beaver is fish. Capybara is fish. That means you can therefore eat it on Fridays and Lent. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God, that's why. That's why the Catholic Church fuck. was like, these things are fish. If you don't believe don't, me, look it up, y'all. Look I it up. Beaver you, is fish. I just reject it. <laughs> no, no, I, I know you believe. <laughs> I'm saying to, to the listeners, look it up. Beaver is fish. Iguana is fish. Capybara is fish. And fish I don't make the rules. Salted. Why? Why? why I know. I, I, you, you, you treat all those things better than fish. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, speaking of beavers, uh, we have a question from Galen. Uh, and Galen <laughs> asks, in term of taste and or personal identification, are there differences in the species that you gravitate towards for TF content, uh, like, feral stuff versus like more standard non-tf anthro content uh i okay i'm gonna go by the standard of anthro that furries go by okay sure. don't really like furry stuff because i'm, I'm, I'm you're not eh. a furry well yeah i'm not a furry but also just most of the time the way it's done I, growing up i looked at it and i'm like i don't get it and mm -hmm. these days i'm still like I, I don't really get it it doesn't spark anything it's not that a furry character or furry design can never be attractive to me, yeah. but on the whole, it's just not something for me. So if I'm going to talk about transformation, um, like furry would be fine, but mm -hmm. I'd rather just do the feral thing because then I'd get more transition in general and stuff, and I get yeah. to see like you know all the distortions of the body that I find really appealing. Uh, plus, I mean, feral kind of implies like monstery stuff, and there are monsters that could have really interesting forms, or at least something vaguely humanoid, which I mm -hmm. am very on board with. And oh, yeah. so, like, yeah, I, I I'll go into feral in that regard. Yeah, I think when I'm like thinking about the differences I have, I mean, like from a species perspective, I think with like with anthro stuff in particular uh for non-tf anthro stuff like i very much gravitate towards like big cats in general um i think when it comes to like tf anthro stuff i think i, I mean i obviously gravitate towards like alien species like lombax and turian and stuff like that i think i'm i'm also pretty like i'm pretty like reptile happy when it comes to like anthro tf stuff mm. um when it comes to like feral tf stuff Again, I, I know this is a funny, like, combination of words, but I'm going to say it anyways. Like, when it comes to feral stuff, I like pool toy TF. I consider that of, like, you know, like, ones that are, like, fully immobile and they're, like, you know, depicting, like, an animal, like, a normal animal on all fours, that kind of thing. That's what I think of when I think about, like, feral content that I really like. It's feral pool toys. Are you using um, feral as a catch-all term for something that is completely away from being anthropomorphized in some way? Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it as, like, on all fours, basically. And that can mean a variety of different things. It can definitely be monstrous, in my opinion. Feral can be is absolutely monstrous. It can also be, like, something that's just a normal animal on all fours. It can be a pool toy, like... It can encompass a lot of different things. It's just, it's not anthro, is I guess how I see it. Interesting use of the word. 
yeah. wouldn't have thought to use it that way. Also, I didn't give a species. Um, I oh, don't yeah. know. I'm very, very based on a mood. I, I really like feline stuff. You know what's an anth? Okay, an anthro, uh, an anthro thing that I can get behind more often than I've noticed is rabbits. Rabbits okay. make for very appealing, uh, very appealing like anthro traits. There are like even yeah. some furry like rabbit girls that I found like, oh shit, you know, I, yeah. I dig it. And it's just like the contours that, uh, that come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course it's gotta be a certain way for me. Oh, uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, big cats. Um, I still like dragons cause dragons are just another kind of monster. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh year of the dragon baby. Yeah. Give me frog monsters and stuff like that. But if you want the more interesting answer, like I find myself liking, rabbits sometimes oh yeah horses too horses are oh, horses yeah. are like a vice for me mm-hmm. yeah shout out to vosh <laughs> oh man um the last question i have here is uh, it had an interesting journey to get to us actually so this question was originally posed by ringo slash straight tail on telegram and then forwarded it to us through fire fire so thank you to both of you uh so ringo asks a new streaming service comes out where you can watch anything on their service and you'll be tf'd into something that matches whatever it is you're watching you will however turn back into your normal form once you finish watching the program so the question is what is the first thing that you would watch and do you actually finish it uh so i guess for the purposes of this question we have to pick something that exists to watch and then explain what the associated TF would be. And then would we finish watching it? Like, would we go back to, humanity? yeah. Cause what, what matches it? That's yeah. That's Cause like, I got an easy answer. I'm going to go watch the fucking ratchet and clank movie and I'm going to become a Lombax and then I'm never going to finish the movie. Cause that movie's not actually that good anyways. Boom. Done. Like that's an easy one. I- I'll think of something more interesting, but uh, like that would be my first answer. I'd be like easy 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 mm. peasy i get exactly what i want everyone's happy oh my god what the fuck would i pick i mean i guess it would be like the character or at least the body of the character or yeah or like an animal it, species or you know it, yeah it could be anything from the movie so i'd have to be careful because then if i if i want to go by that it could be very evil genie but like you know that thing that's in there for just a few frames oh uh-huh, you're gonna be that and it's it's fucking terrible yeah uh something that i'd want to watch I, I don't know i'd have to think about it. you you have a more creative answer? yeah so so like I was thinking about it. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would be like Zootopia or Robin Hood because like there's like lots of really good anthro type characters you can get out of that. Um, Or, you know, someone would say like one of the werewolf movies, you get a good werewolf form. I think those are kind of like good, but I think they're low hanging fruit. Um, The kind of, I guess, like quote unquote interesting answer I would give um, Oh, I just had a thought. You go. I'm trying to pick up my... I just had a thought, and it fucking works. It fucking works, and it could be fun, and it could be anything. Oh, my God. It's perfect. Go, go, go. Delicious in Dungeon. Oh, my God. You're right. I can watch that. I can watch that. Everything in there is so fucking cool. 
damn. I, I'd be hard actually. pressed to lose. Yeah, That's what I, I would watch be from losing. beginning to end. Would you finish it though? Yes, I'd have to. <laughs> I I haven't even started watching it. I read the whole manga, as I have said in previous episodes. The one you with have. Luminous uh, Shift. Please watch it. Yes. Uh, I I I would watch that. Whatever happens, I, I'll I'll deal with. It. Unless it's a dragon, then oh no, rest in peace, my house. Unless no, you haven't gotten to that part. You haven't gotten to that part, and oh yeah. That's I my, don't know that's what my you're answer. talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm just going to nod. Um, oh. The more interesting answer I would give, in my opinion, is Monsters, Inc. Because ah. you don't know what kind of monster you're going to get. It could be anything. But you know it's going to be monstrous. And therefore, it's going to be fucking cool. I think I would be happy with pretty much anything that came out of that. Because it would be unpredictable. I don't know what I would be getting but it would be interesting. And then I could decide if I like want it or not. And if it's not like, you know, the monster I want, well, I got the TF that's cool. And now I'll TF back. And maybe I put, I mean, you didn't, I, I the question didn't specify this, but maybe I go back and watch it again and I get something else. Maybe yep. it's a different one every time. I don't know. So maybe I'll just keep going through until I get something I like. Oh man. You know, what would also be really interesting to what? fuck with would be, um, um, our real monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things are weird, and they defy logic, and yeah. <laughs> and and they're just concepts come to life, pretty much. Also, they ascend. They they can all essentially transform to some degree in order to do the scares that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so they can like body horror their ways into kind of some other versions of themselves. Like I remember how. Uh, how Ickis could like bulk himself up and he'd become more terrifying. His mouth would get even bigger and he'd like get more teeth and shit like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you could, you could get even more out of that. Fuck. Yeah. But I, I still, I still pick delicious in dungeon though. It's a, that's a very good choice. Very good choice. Everybody oh, should read that. Everybody, everybody movement. should read it. Everybody, everybody, movement. Movement. everybody read it. Well, awesome. That was all the questions we had. Uh, we don't have a guest, so I don't... Do you have any questions for me, Libra? I don't know. <laughs> the head in the back. Actually, are you going to fill your background up with more shit? I think that would be a fun little project to do. So that that would be nice. Um, for, the, there, obviously, this will not be part of the, the recording, but uh, I have Equinox behind me now uh, in my room when I am... Uh, have my webcam on it's interesting because like i actually have a really nice cabinet with like a lot of stuff in it i have like my magpie bones uh snap mask and everything but it's like parallel to my webcam so you don't really like see it in the background so i don't know like what i'll do if i want to like change around the like orientation or whatever but you can always turn the camera i could I i would say you could turn the camera if you want and uh, then you kind of get like a little effect, you know, being off to the side is like visually. Yeah, yeah. that's how, that's how yeah. I think of it. A little framing. Yeah. Oh, what's that's that if, stuff that's, here? That's if you convince me to go into streaming. I I just I like uh, <laughs> I like being able to give people who are on webcam with me something interesting to talk about, which has happened before in my oh, yeah. in my uh, previous job. I always liked it when people were like, "Oh, what's that?" And yeah. I've gotten to mention Berserk and gundam and other stuff 
and just been like, uh huh, it, it works. It's great for yeah. great for conversation and for any future guests. If you may be joining, you could get a you know to see our fucking faces and some of the stuff that's uh, by yeah. our setups, like Frog Detective, like Frog Detective. Frog Detective is set up uh, in a really cute way now. Yeah, I love he's, it. He's great. And Everyone uh, should play Frog Detective. Yeah, it's like three to four hours of combined game time across all three games it's so good it's but first read first read delicious and dungeon or berserk bing you got one <laughs> saving it right for the end had to get in a berserk mention right at the end <laughs> yeah. oh, you know man. what is it uh keep an open mind and everything like that yeah take care Everyone of yourselves should. yeah keep drink water mind. sleep you well not alone in this yeah. abyssal darkness stay tfy yeah, we'll see you next time, everybody. Hell yeah. Night.